Everybody's, you know, in the church. See, this is what's going on. And you have to, we have to talk about it. Since we've been in Corinthians and there's a lot of confusion and church splits, who do I follow? Apollos, and I'm following Jesus, and, you know, I'm following such and such, whoever got the power and, and gifting. See, this is how the church does today. This is how we do it. It's the same thing that was going on in Corinth is going on today. Same thing. They were splitting over, you know, they, they uh, I want to listen to, you know, uh, this teacher. Because they do this. This is what Corinthians was doing. I'm going to show y'all some stuff, what they were doing and what we're doing and what happens and why we have these issues when it comes to the gifts of God. So if you do a study, because we do, and you have your church fathers. These are the ones that came immediately after the apostles. Most of us don't know anything about Tertullian, you know, Carly Parb, or, or, you know, Justin Martin, you know, anything like that. We just lead from the Bible to my bishop. And what did the church fathers say? What did they pass away? Here's the, here's the whole thing. Well, they said when the New Testament came, it's done away. That's not what's just perfect. hasn't come yet. I'm going to show y'all in, in, in Corinthians 13 where we, where we mess up. See, you, you, y'all don't understand. We, we got to get us into the, first of all, let's just see where we are. Let, let's just see where we are. So like Justin Martin and Tertullian and... Um, they had some more people, um, as I was telling you, Polycarp. These are some of the church fathers that left after the apostles. This is one, two, 350 years after Jesus, after the apostles. And if you study and read their, their, their literature or their, their, their uh, letters that they wrote, guess what was still happening? Raising the dead, healing the sick. Miracles, oh, tongues. This is after. Oh, this is not for today. Well, it ended with the last apostles. No. This is why I gave you the church fathers, the early church fathers, and they documented that these things were still going on. So that nullifies any false teaching that the gifts are not still there. How? The gifts are there to equip you. To do the work in the ministry of God. Yeah. Oh, tradition step in. Oh, Sadducees. They step in. This is why you struggle with this. Hello? Amen. This is why we struggle with the gift. It divided the church then and it does now. The gifts divide. They divide us. And it was never designed for that. This is why Paul had to come back to the Corinthians because they were gifted but didn't know how to use and administer the gifting without Holy Spirit. In the church. So we got people sitting right here now believe that you do and something that you don't. Same thing. Same thing. That's a problem. That's why Paul had to come in and say, you know what? Let's bring some order in here. 
Let me write 1 Corinthians 13. So you can see, see, we just get hooked up on gifts and we get hooked on, it's all necessary though. Prophecy is necessary. And then when it comes to tongues and, and we, we still have this, it, I'm going to show you, it just divides us. Do we or don't we? It's dead. It can't, I just showed you that it's not dead. I told you that it's still, God said, I changed not. That which is perfect has not come. Has, that's the second coming is what he's talking about. Has, it, has he came yet? That which is perfect hadn't came yet. So all the prophecy, all your tongues, and all your wisdom, and all your knowledge is in part. Then not only in part, but then he said you look through it darkly. You can't really see exactly what it is. Let a man prophesy according to his faith. See? No, prophecy is real. What it is, this is the problem. When Baal, um, Elijah went up against 450 of Baal's prophets, and Elijah was just one. Are they all prophets? See? Are they all apostles? Do they all speak? See, see how, see how we, we misunderstand what's going on? They would build whole ministries on whether I speak in tongue, I don't. How could we ain't at the greatest gift? The greatest gift is 1 Corinthians 13. See, and this is what the Corinthians did not have. This is why Paul told them. Okay, though I speak in the tongues of angels and men, and I have not love, I am a nobody. See, this is it. See, but we, we, this is what was happening with the Corinthians. They tell them, couldn't tell them nothing. See, y'all don't understand. I'm, we're going to get there. Hold on. Okay. Okay. First within 12. We're going to take it a little spoon by spoon. Okay, a little bit by a little bit here. 12-1. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 at verse 1. Now about the spiritual gifts, the special endowments of supernatural energy, brethren, I do not want you to be misinformed. Stop. Stop right there. If you can be misinformed, okay, I don't want you to be misinformed about what I'm about to tell you. Because I've left you on your own. Now the church is just going crazy because there's no order. This is why you have the order of how it's done. Not that you don't. And then if you continue to read, he said, forbid them not to speak. Don't you do that. But you see that. Oh, if I was an enemy, I would actually plant that in you. Don't you speak. Okay. We just don't know. Okay, let's, be, let's get some instruction. And for ones who, who do pray in the Spirit, this is going to help you too. Okay? See, first you have to establish that Paul said this right here, about the spiritual gift, the special endowments and supernatural energy. He said, brethren, I don't want you to be misinformed. Go ahead. 
you know that when you were heathen, you were led off after idols that could not speak habitually. Stop. He's talking and addressing the stuff that the heathens or the Gentiles used to do. That's in Corinthians now. He said, I know that you were led astray with this. And it's real. That part of the supernatural is real. Did you see what he said? You know, when you were heathens, you were led off. Idols. Go ahead. That could not speak habitually as impulse directed and whenever the occasion might arise. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking under the power and influence of the Holy Spirit of God can ever say, Jesus, be cursed. Mm -hmm. And no one can really say, Jesus is my Lord, except by and under the power and influence of the Holy Spirit. Stop right there. We're going we're we're to find what is Paul saying here. Now, I know where you came from. I know what you've been doing. I, I know this, but see, this is why we, you, you, we get in here, uh, you can't say, you know, say Jesus as Lord. So we don't even understand exactly what he's saying when we say that, even though you're on the surface with that. We're going to talk about that. You can stop right there. As I told you, the Corinthian church had several problems, right? And at the church at that point, they were about to be ripped apart. And I told you, most of the problems they had was with the spiritual gifts. Correct? Okay. Let's go here. Hmm. Christ had promised and, and discussed the Holy Spirit with his followers in great detail. Okay. The person of the Holy Spirit or who the Holy Spirit is, you can go into John 14, 15 through 26. You can go to John uh, 16. I'm just giving you some scriptures. So I'm trying to say some time, 7 uh, through 15. You can find a lot of things out about what he was saying there. The promise of the Spirit, permanent baptism, and endowment of power. Okay? Many feelings, but you got to have that initial. You got to have that initial. Okay. The coming of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost was such a phenomenal experience that it actually launched the greatest movement uh, the world has ever known for Christianity itself. All the promises made by God in the Old Testament by Jesus concerning the Holy Spirit and his special gifts of ministry were, were witnessed for the very first time on the day of Pentecost. Before Christ, when God called a person for a particular work, God always provided the gifts and the ability needed to do the work. God has always equipped his people to do the work of the ministry. See, it's, it's good right there until man intervenes. Okay? All right. There is one great remarkable difference. Every believer is called and gifted by God to minister. Is that subtle? Is that subtle with you? Maybe you need to hear that again. Every believer is called and gifted by God to minister. Everyone. 
Okay. That's not me. I'm not called. I don't know what I'm called. Every believer is called and gifted by God to minister. This is what Pentecost was all about. God expects every believer to be a witness to the salvation of his son. He's falling short. The salvation of the son, you ought to be a witness. To be a witness is one of the primary reasons. Listen, God gives the Holy Spirit to every believer. And it is certainly the reason he provides spiritual gifts. The gift and abilities are given to be used. In sharing Christ, Yeshua, and in the ministry to the desperate needs of a poor and suffering mass of the lost, or or should I say the lost world, you've been commissioned. Paul discusses the Holy Spirit and his special gifts for ministries in great detail, the power and work of the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8, 1 through 17. We don't have time to read all that now, but you can read that on your own. The struggle of the Holy Spirit against the flesh. That's Galatians. Maybe we need to go there. Go to Galatians 5, 16 through 21. You got, um, you got the... Uh, uh, you got Amplify? Go ahead and do Amplify. Let's go there. The power to work or the work of the Holy Spirit, okay? I can't do it. Hold on. You need the Holy Spirit. Okay? I can't stop. You need the Holy Spirit. So you'll be equipped. Amen? Come on. So it reads, but I say walk and live habitually in the Holy Spirit. Responsive to. Hold on. No, no. That means double dutch, go in and out. It said walk in it habitually. (laughs) Well, if I do something that's habitually, it becomes, oh, here's the word, second nature. No, it should be your first nature now. Hello? It should be your nature. Come on. Walk and live habitually in the Holy Spirit, responsive to and controlled and guided by the Spirit. Mm. Mm -hmm. So that means that you're going to have to give up something. W-I-L-L. Other than that, you won't do it. I can't do it because you won't give up your will. It's real simple. Come on. Then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh, of human nature without God. (laughs) Of human nature without God. Keep on. For the desires of the flesh are opposed to the Holy Spirit. So, and if you read another translation and say they are manifested, right? And I told you what work means to manifest oneself. That's what, that's what this thing is trying to get. These, these sins, this is what that flesh is trying to get you, get you to do is to manifest yourself. And these are the works of the flesh. Oh, come on now. 
I told y'all that's what it means. See, work means to manifest oneself to God. Your flesh has a God too. The God of this world. Let's read this thing. And, and the desires of the spirit are opposed to the flesh. Hmm. Godless human nature. For these are antagonistic to each other, continually withstanding and in conflict with each other, yeah. so that you are not free, but are prevented from doing what you desire to do. It, I'm sorry, but it's just built right in to your spirit, your deliverance. That's why he tell you to walk by, live habitually. Step outside. See, this is what happened. See, as Christians, we, we always are, are talking about it's so hard to, to live and be right and do the right things. It's hard to live two lives. It's hard to have two thoughts. And you can't. It's hard to serve two. Okay, God, you can't. But this is what we do. Okay, go ahead. I'm going to get to the tongues and prophecy. Go ahead. But if you are guided, led by the Holy Spirit, you are not, sub you are not subject to the law. Verse 19. I, I'm just like, why we, why we act like we don't read that? When I'm going through something, when I feel that, that, that flesh, that desire coming up. It, did you just hear what it said? Read that last bit. But if you are guided, led by the Holy Spirit, you are not subject to the law. He's talking to the Corinthians. Well, at this point, he's talking to the Galatians. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Your flesh. But go ahead. Uh, verse 19. Now the doings, the practices of the flesh are clear. In case you didn't know, they're clear. Let's listen at this. Obvious. They are immorality, impurity, indecency, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, Jealousy, anger, or ill temper, selfishness, divisions, or dissensions, party spirit, <laughs> or factions, sex with a, sex, S E C T S, mm -hmm. with peculiar opinions or heresies, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously. That, that those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. You can close the book on that one. If you got any, don't close your <laughs> If you got any question about what's going on with you, and you know, I can still get in. No, he just told you, you can't. All right. See, this is what the Corinthians were having. I'm going to break it down. We're going to get into the, what was going on. And then Paul already said, I don't told you this before. Then Paul, going back to Corinthians, he said, I got to come back and give you the whole word as like you never heard it before. So we're teaching like you never heard this before about sin. The gifts. Paul said, I got to go back like you, I got to teach it like you never heard it before. Because you forget. Galatians, I, like I told you before. Yo, he snuck that in there. I told you this before. See, then people go, I know, I know. No, you don't. Okay, it was there. The struggle 
of the spirit against the flesh. That's in Galatians. That's where we were. The fruit of the spirit. Also in Galatians 5, uh, 22 to 26. Let's hit that real quick because I got to move. I got to get this thing moving. And Pastor, you hit us with the, that. Now hit me with the other part. 522. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work with which his presence within accomplishes. Hold on. Did you hear the word again? Work manifest. Okay, come on. Is love, joy, or gladness, peace, patience, and even temper or forbearance, kindness, goodness, or benevolence, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, humility, self-control, self-restraint, continence. Against such things, there is no law that can bring a charge. No law. Just stop right there. I, I'm just saying. And, and, it said, and this, these were manifest. See, this is how you can see the fruits of the Spirit. You can see the, the person's fruit, how they behave and how they act, interact with you. And these are manifest. They are the works of the Spirit, meaning it manifests itself. See, we get work, we think it's just going to a child. That's not what it means. Manifest yourself. Okay. I know my spirit is in you. Oh, we got to get to here. Hold on. Let's get this thing down. We're going to get it. I'm going to turn it up a little bit now. Here we go. All right. Here we go. Uh, the spirit, gifts of the Holy Spirit, as I told you that, it's a question from surrounding. Okay, I'm just going to run through this thing. In conclusion, scriptures unmistakably make uh, their spiritual gifts, special gifts, and ability given by the Holy Spirit to be used in the church and in the ministry to reach, listen, to reach the world for Christ. However, as in, uh, secular, or in the secular world, when a man receives a gift, he does not always use his gift wisely, nor in the way that it should be used. Corinthians. This is Paul talking about what's going on here. Okay. Christian believers do not always use their spiritual gifts wisely, nor as God wants them to. I don't have a gift for you to follow me. I don't have a gift for you, for me follow, for you to follow me. Okay. We're having the oil of joy conference. I need y'all to come and follow me. Not for that. It's not for that. Christians do not always use their spiritual gift wisely, nor as God wants them to use them. This happens to the believers in the church of Corinthians. And unfortunately, it happens in multitudes of believers in the church around the world in every generation, today and tomorrow. Has Christ come back? Has he come back for his second advent? Has he come back? So then the gifts are still in effect. That's why the early church fathers is documented that it was happening. So don't let nobody come at you with no erroneous teaching saying that they don't exist anymore. That's the Sadducee right there. See, the Hessenes didn't have any problem with it. Okay. 
Those are the ones that actually, when the Dead Sea Scrolls were found in the Qumran, in the caves. Oldest transcripts around. See, we, we come to church where we're not educated on our Bible and its history. It's just like Christmas. Oh. See, but that's what the world hear. This is what the world hear. They don't hear Christmas. They, they think you, you're coming for my Jesus. I just want to know this. You mean the whole world is celebrating Jesus? No, they're celebrating Christmas. Oh, I, I know. I, I went to, uh, yesterday I had to go, uh, Went with my, t- my, my wife, we went to uh, a friend of hers that used to work for her. Uh, they're Catholic. We, first time we went to a Catholic church. They asked us to come to the wedding. And I'm sitting up in there. This is my first time. This is my first time going to a Catholic church. Woo, I got pictures and everything. I mean, you better work out. You're going to work out. You're going to sit down, get up, sit down, get up, sit down, get up. You're going to do this. You're going to work out. So I'm, and I'm in there, and I'm like, what, why are we here? I'm like, why did I say yes? When she said why did I call? So I'm sitting there, I'm looking all around. I'm, you know, I'm me up. I got my few vials of holy water because I'm going to try it. No, I'm just doing it. <laughs> Look at Miss Flower. She's like, what? I'm going to go in there and see if this stuff really works. Hey, how you doing? Okay, no, I'm just doing it. So, oh, also, I wanted to put a side note, too, and the early church fathers, listen, also documented were exorcisms. No, but it's, no, we don't, it's deliverance. Oh, but hold on, you got to read it, because if you keep reading them, and you read the right ones, enough, they'll tell you, these things, demons can only be cast out by Christians. Only be cast out by Christians. They see we don't see, and we don't take the supernatural real. We take it as a joke. So I'm in there. I'm just sitting around like, what in the world? So I'm looking at what I saw is there's so much imagery. I have to have a physical a physical form that I can see Christ and His works and. What he bore on the cross. And I need a reminder instead of him being here. I got all these uh, rituals. I see it's so ritualistic, but I saw reverence though. I saw reverence. They kissed the word. Every time they read the word, they kissed the word. And the lady had a beautiful voice. She could sing gifts, gifts, gifts still there. Gifts still there. So, and we come out, we, we ain't talking there. We come out and we say, I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, what are you doing? So I'm in there praying. So are we, we having a thing? Are we praying the same thing? Are we praying the same thing? What, what, are you, what are you showing? What do I need to see? Why am I here experiencing this? Am I here to pray? Thy kingdom come. I mean, it's it's. Phenomenal. It's, it's so much. I'm waiting for some more information on it to come. 
because my steps are ordered. And I didn't just say yes and go there for any other reason. Now he may, he may, he may reveal that to me later. And we we're talking about gifts, and that's what we're talking about today. I saw gifts in there. Mm. It's important, y'all. Don't go where you shouldn't go, but go where you should go. Okay, here we go. Here we go. As I said, this happened to believers in Corinthian church. Unfortunately, it happens in the church today, right? The misuse and abuse of the gifts are the very reason why the world has never been able to reach Christ. The fact alone stresses a desperate need for the study of this chapter. What's going on here? Okay? The Corinthian church was about to be torn apart, as I told you, over the controversy over spiritual gifts. And unfortunately, churches throughout the history, as I said, um, have allowed themselves to become embroiled in the same controversy. It is unfortunate because God's power or special endowment and gifts must rest upon believers if they are going to reach and uh, suffering and um, world that Christ, you know, has really prepared for us to go out and get. Amen. So you need some gifting. There are dangerous, um, I think, I, there are four dangers surrounding the spiritual gifts. Y'all want to know? There are four dangers surrounding the spiritual gifts. Uh, there's a danger of being ignorant about the gifts. That's in verse 1. Be not, what did he say? What? Misinformed. That's right. There is a danger of being carried away to the false worship. That's verse 2. There is a danger of speaking false messages. That's verse 3. There's a danger of speaking forth and apart from the Spirit. That's in verse 4. We ain't got to cover but four little verses right here. See what see where the confusion can come into the church? See, I want y'all to understand this. First of all, there are gifts. And then Paul knows his audience. He knows who he's talking to. Immediately he knows in verse 13 what the issue is. So y'all want to do this with the gifts, huh? But I'm going to show you a more excellent way. I'm going to show you a higher way. And it's called love. But since we're here, let's go here. The word spiritual gift, there are um, mostly identified with spiritual gifts, very special gifts and abilities from God that are given to a person when he first becomes a believer or follower of Yeshua, Christ. Uh, they are spiritual gifts, uh, not the natural abilities a person has developed from birth, because you got that too. That's your nice little talents, okay? There are special gifts given by the Holy Spirit that enables the believer to serve, listen to this, serve Christ in the church and in the world. Spiritual gifts that enable the believer to help in ministering to people, and in leading them to Christ. All right? I can give you printed scripture on that, save some time. Note the exact word, concerning spiritual gifts, Paul said. That's in the King James Version. I would not have you ignorant. There are three ways that a person can be ignorant about spiritual gifts. See, everybody just go in and start talking about tongues and prophecy. No, let's lay a foundation down first, and let's find out exactly. Amen? 
how they should be used and when. A person can be ignorant that there is such a thing as spiritual gift. You can be ignorant that you don't believe that they are. He can fail to know God's endows and the genuine believer, there you go, with very special gifts that empower and enable him to serve Christ. Key word there, God endows, listen, a genuine believer. Why God going to give you a gift of tongues and you don't believe in it? Why he going to give you the gift of prophecy and you don't believe that they're still here? See, everything that works in this kingdom is by faith. Not by you what you know or what you read. Outside of the word of God. A person may know that God's, a person may know that God gifts, uh, a person may know that God gifts his people. Uh-oh. But he may not know what special gifts God has given him or her. The believer may know what God, uh, the believer may not know what is God, what God wants him or her to do uh, for Christ or the church. The gifts help you know what you need to do. Amen. Amen. They help you. A person may not know what his gifts are, but he may know how or he may not know how to properly use them. So you know you have the gifts, and this is what was going on with Christians. They had the gifts, but they didn't know how to administer them. They didn't know how to use the gifts. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Corinthian church was having trouble with this very issue. Many of the believers knew their spiritual gifts, but they were misusing them, failing to use them as God willed them to be used. Okay? There is only one solution to ignorance. Study. There's only one ignorance. There's only one solution for ignorance. Study. Hello? Ignorance means a lack of knowledge. It don't mean that you're dumb. Believers must study the word of God and speak, listen, and seek the guidance of the Holy Spirit to learn about spiritual gifts. Stop reading and stop asking people and stop finding out what denomination you go to God. To learn what particular calling and gifts that you have. Study the shows of self-approved, rightly dividing, you know. Of uh, the word of God, a workman need not be ashamed. Amen? All right, let's get down here. Spiritual gift, here we go. There is a danger of, of being carried away as false worship. Many of the believers in Corinth had been, listen, saved out of heathen religions of that day. Okay? Note the emphasis. Paul said that they had been Gentile. Now they were Christians, followers now of the Messiah himself. So you can't bring in that into here. You can't come in here and just bring in your yoga. You can't come in here now and just bring in your transmittal uh, meditation. You can't come in here and bring in your soaking. You can't come in here now and bring in your content, uh, contemporary prayers. You can't bring that into here. Okay? This is what's happening. Same thing going on in the church today. Just because I changed the name don't make it different. Halloween is Halloween. You can call it Harvest Night, Trick or Trump, whatever you want. But you're giving an offering. 
and you are participating. This is what Paul is trying to tell him. You can't do that anymore. The Spirit teaches you. He teaches you. Christmas. His death, mass. I thought y'all were celebrating his birth. Then they got you, who's supposed to be the believer, upset. You upset. When one of us tell you, no, we don't celebrate Christmas. I worship Jesus all the time. You want to come with me? We can worship together. We worship. We worship him. Bring your gift of obedience. How come, how come the whole world is celebrating Christmas, but the whole world is not celebrating Christ? Can't be right. We get caught up with the word. Oh, y'all don't believe in Christmas? No, I don't. I don't believe in the word. The word does not show up in the canon of Scripture. Christmas does not show up in the canon of Scripture. Oh, but Easter, no, that's Istar. That's a misinterpretation or translation. Istar, Easter. No, it's called Passover. No, but we get, we get hooked up on the entomology of the word. My thing is, my birthday is May 7th. My birthday is May 7th, 1964. Now, my wife knows my birthday. Some of my kids know too. They know their father's birthday. How come we How come we don't know? I'm going to just leave it right there. How come we don't know? How come we are, I just need to say, can I say it one more time? The whole world is celebrating Christmas. The whole world. Not, that's right, not Christ. Then you get offended because you're not grounded in your belief. You get offended. What did Jesus celebrate? If he did, it did. It, matter of fact, he acknowledged. He was there. It's all about him. Hanukkah. Oh, you Jewish? Your faith, your founders, all the apostles. It was in the east. Jerusalem. It's, it was there. Is that an offense? Why is the why is that an offense to? Oh, it's ignorance. It's a lack of understanding. 
That's why you get offended over Christmas. That's why we get offended, because it's a lack of knowledge. You don't know the origin. What is the origin? Go look up the origin of Christmas. Go look it up. Don't take my word for it. Go look it up. Now, God, who is infinite, know everything. You can't never teach him anything. Don't you think he know false worship? This is why he said you must worship me in spirit and truth. You can't bring Christmas to him. That's not one of the feasts. No, go do your research on your own and show me that. Show me where the apostles, show me where the apostles decorated the tree. Show me where the apostles did that. Show me that. If you show me that and they did it, I'll do it. But they didn't. So what's happening is you caught up in tradition. Now, you don't got your heart in emotion, uh, Jim Baker. With your emotion. Don't talk about my Jesus. I'm not talking about your Jesus. I'm just talking about the, the Christmas tree that's, that's a, a symbol of, 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 of phallus. And that's a wound that you got on there. And you understand the story of the, of the ornaments? Do you understand the Yule Law? Do you understand all those things that you are representing? Oh, but it's nostalgia. I remember it's about family. How come we don't meet with our family now? How come it ain't a family meeting afterward? Why is it this time everybody say, well, happy, happy holiday. Uh, have a ble- I mean, What is this? Y'all supposed to be believers. The offering tide go down at this season. Why? So y'all think y'all think y'all mm-mm, mm-mm. should be it should be turning it up. Y'all make me go there, and I didn't want to go there. Y'all make me go, I didn't want to go there. Here we go. Paul, he identified, he said, they had been worshippers of idols, and listen, and were dumb um, or voiceless, unable to communicate and relate. But now they were worshiping of the only true and living God who could communicate and share with them. God ain't never told me to buy a Christmas tree. You shouldn't be offended. They had been carried away and led by some strange force, energy, or spiritual power serve the dumb idols. That's what Paul is telling them. He's telling them, you're no longer, you're no longer, you know, a Gentile. This is what he's telling them. So this is the same scripture, same two chapters when they wanted to, uh, you know, can we, Lord Jesus, can we, uh, can we eat the food that is offered up to idols? This is what they wanted to know. Hey, Paul, can we eat the idols? Can we, the stuff that we offered up to the idols, can we eat it? So it was so ignorant. They wanted to turn the Lord's Supper into a potluck. I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. I'm t- you ain't did your study on it. It's right there in the Word. That's what they were trying to do. See, they were taking all of the festivals, all the festivities that they did in the world and wanted to bring it into the church. Hello? This is what they were doing. 
said you were led off to those idols that can't even speak. So, so when you put that tree up, that, that answers pole. That's a form of worship. Don't you think God knows? You can call it what you want. He said the righteous scarcely get in. What was the first of the commandments? Somebody tell me. What was the first commandment? Keep on. Look at that. <laughs> That's right. Thou shalt have no other God. First one was what? I'm done. Do we need to go to Exodus? No. Go on your own. You should know that. See, what those images represent with other gods, that's why he says you should have no other one besides me. You can't have a golden calf and get and talk to me. They used the golden calf out of Egypt to try to talk to Yahweh. And they already had their prophet. Anybody in the Old Testament that God spoke and then the, this is how you know a prophet. The prophet, God speak to the prophet and the prophet speak to the people. That's a prophet. In the Old Testament. That's, that's, that's a lot of people. Oh, there were women too. Mm. Okay. Okay. Careful what you ask for. Be careful what you ask for. Okay, here we go. I won't, I won't mess with Trump. Okay, here we go. The point is this. The religious of that day wildly practiced special gifts that seemed to come from spiritual forces. Gifts such as, uh-oh, trances, tongues, ecstatic utterances, prophecies, of the future, such gifts were actually running rampant. Many of the believers in Corinth were converts from the pagans or paganism. Therefore, they would have been familiar with the counterfeit gifts. Some of them would have practiced these gifts in their former religions before they converted. Apparently, some of them had been or had used a counterfeit gift to imitate the real gift. Hmm. Well, you can, there's a lot of ways you can find out is this a real prophet or false tongues. Okay. <laughs> you don't have to look far. Did y'all hear that? They were bringing all of that into the church. All of their old rituals. That's what I saw yesterday. I saw a lot of rituals. Bringing that into the church. Okay. All right. I've hid him in my heart. Amen. All right. Had used and counterfeited gifts to imitate the real gifts. Had misused the gift and ended up uh, not really worshiping God, but worshiping in a meaningless way. Though I speak in the tongues of angels. See? means nothing. It began to feel and act, listen, they also began to feel and act super spiritual. 
worshiping the gift itself rather than the focused attention upon God. See, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm very careful about if I go to these places and, you know, because this person got this certain particular gifting that I go to, I want to make sure that I'm not worshiping this person. I'm worshiping God. I want to be able to draw that line to see what is that for. Is that, is that for us? See, just like tongues, we get tongues mixed up. Tongues is not for the, uh, unbel- uh, for the believer. It's for the unbeliever. So if you and I say we believe in Jesus' dad and rose, and you and I shouldn't have a controversy about tongues. Because we're believers. Okay. See how the enemy comes in? And you got a lot of uh, angels of light promulgating that very spirit when it comes to God's gift. Who is man? To tell God that these don't exist no more. What man can stand before God and actually say that? What you should be fearful is that you believe it. And what you should have a problem is that you can't discern it. What is of God? Test the spirit. Try the spirit to see if it's of God. Well, you're going to have to have the spirit to test the spirit. See, the church ain't seen no power. Ain't seen no power. You know why? Because we don't have 1 Corinthians 13. That's why. <sighs> I'm going to skip a few places here. Oh, that's all right. I got plenty to do. I can, I can come back next week and do some more too. Can I do it? Can I come back next week and do some more? Can I come back next week, teacher? I'm, I'm, I'm going to end it. I'm going to end it. Uh, hold on a second. Yeah, I'm going to come back because I got some more. It's, it's, it's a lot. We, we, we just scratching the surface, y'all. Okay? Before we get into tongues and uh, edify. Edify in the Greek means, listen, edify in the Greek means to take a charge like a battery to edify oneself. Y'all hear that in the back? Okay. To edify means to receive a charge. Like a battery. Y'all hear that? So that's what edification means when it comes to this. And I'm, I'm going to go some places. I, I got some other things, but I just want to tap into something real quick. Because we get... Uh, we get, we get, let's just be dealing with it. Okay. All right. Okay, Lord. I hear you. Here we go. Okay. Very important point I want to make. As I said, the danger of speaking in or false messages. Some persons or in the Corinthians church appeared apparently to speak tongues and uh, distort the great truth that Jesus is Lord. For all indication, the person took the truth that Paul had preached, that Christ was made a curse for us in Galatians 3.13. And he said something to this fact, that Jesus is a curse. 
That's what he got in his tongue interpretation. Paul, okay, you know that when you read Galatians 3, uh, 13, the Messiah redeemed us from the curse pronounced in the Torah by becoming cursed, by becoming court, by becoming cursed on our behalf for the Tanakh says. Listen, everyone who hangs from a tree comes under a curse. And what he was saying is that Jesus is accursed. Paul proclaimed that the truth in no uncertain terms, this is not the spirit of God. This is what Paul said in his letter to them. That is not the spirit of God, that Jesus is accursed. No, he became accursed for your sake. See how we misinterpret? Paul said, I got to come back here and we got to bring some order. This is, this is serious right here. Paul said, on no certain terms that this is not the spirit of God. Paul was bad in the spirit. He had the keenest discernment ever. I'm telling you, this is not the power of God. This point is, 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 is forceful. Every believer must be careful not to speak or proclaim a false message. When the believer proclaims, uh, or proclaims must be of God. This is what I'm telling you. It must be of God. You can't come up here and speak in a tongue didn't get interpreted. That's just you and it's not God. See, people, this, this is why the Spirit is so important. This is why after he told you about this in chapter 13 or 14 about the gifts, then the next, ver- next chapter is about love. Then he goes back in 14 about the gifts again. He sees what's going on with them. Got to see what's happening in the body of Christ right here. The point is very powerful. The believer must be careful not to speak or proclaim a false message. When the believer proclaims, uh, it must be of God. It must be the truth of God. The world has enough false messages. Wouldn't you agree? It does not need any more, listen, misrepresentation and counterfeit messages. Messages that leave men hopeless beyond the grave. The world needs the truth of God. The message of the glorious gospel that he has been sent or he has sent his son into the world to eternally save all men everywhere. It is time for the false messages and untruths to cease following the lips of the people who are counterfeiting the gifts of God. The believer must guard against two deceptions by dealing with spiritual gifts. Making a statement of false, proclaiming a message that is not truth of God and his word. Okay? I got plenty of scripture going there. Either becoming or sitting under a person who counterfeits the gifts of God's spirit. Whether it be a self-proclaimed minister, that's the internet, pulpit, or a leader in a church. Everybody's giving a bunch of prophecies in the corner gotta be careful that's not the spirit of god that's what paul was saying that's what was happening that's what not supposed to happen if you can't tell it in front then you don't tell it it is prophecies to edify the body hello it is to edify the body you might have a word of wisdom or word of knowledge or you may have both and what happens is we think that that's prophecy. Hello? Amen. 
a word of knowledge means it's going to tell you something that you don't know. A word of wisdom is going to tell you how to do something. Hello? Then you can get both of them, and now you call it in the process, but it's not. See, this is why you had to have that school, because you need to be trained in school of how to operate in your gift. This is what Paul was doing with the Corinthians. You don't know how to operate. It is out of order. Now you got somebody come in here, and they hear you just giving a whole sermon in tongues. This is what was happening. So the people that come in, they wouldn't understand what was going on. This is why I'd rather speak what? I'd rather speak what? 10,000 words. I'd rather not speak 10,000 words and five words in my understanding. I need to be able to communicate you in my understanding. Amen? So people come in, they'd be like, what in the world? This is just crazy. But that's what happens. You got people running around looking like chickens all over the floor, jumping all on the pulpit. That's not Holy Spirit. It's not Holy Spirit. He's, he's unseemly. He, he's calm. Okay. I know. You keep thinking. Y'all just don't know. We ain't been taught. False profession. This is the biggest one right here, and I'm going to end right here. There is a danger of speaking the truth apart from the Holy Spirit. The word Lord. Kuriso. Kuriso. I think that's how you say it. Kuriso. Listen to this. This is my point I want to make before I close here. It refers to God himself. That is that or Yahweh or Yehovah, God, who is proclaimed throughout the scripture to be sovereign. Lord of the universe. Correct. To call Jesus Lord is to acknowledge his deity, that he is God himself. The point is this. No man can please God by calling Jesus Lord apart from the Holy Spirit. Any person can speak the word or the words that Jesus is Lord, but for a person to please God, he must acknowledge within his heart and life that Jesus is Lord. Okay. The word Lord or the word acknowledge is key here. It means to surrender. There you go, Peaches. It means to surrender. Listen, I'm going to say it again. It means or it means to surrender one's heart to Jesus as the Lord of his life. No one person is going to do that, not really, unless he is moved upon by the Spirit of God. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Okay. Mm-mm. It's lip service. However, when a person is moved upon by the Spirit to say that Jesus is Lord, that person does not, listen, that person does surrender all he is and has to serve God. Now, how many of us can say that Jesus is Lord? Okay, hold on, hold on. Okay. See, we just be saying stuff. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Listen to this. No person is going to do that, really. I told you that, right? However, a person is moved upon by the Spirit to say, Jesus, Lord, that person, does, that person does surrender all. When you say that, you're surrendering all he is to serve God. When you say Jesus is Lord, that means you're going to surrender all 
to serve him, not you. To summarize this very simply, saying that Jesus is Lord does not mean uh, to merely mouth the words, which so many of us do. It means to be stirred within the heart by the Spirit of God to confess that one's life belongs to Jesus as Lord. It means to give everything that a person is and has to Christ, everything, acknowledging he will be the sovereign majesty of the universe and the very son of God himself. Apparently, some in the church in Corinth were saying that Jesus is Lord, but they were not truly converted. They were professing truth, but had not really committed their lives to the truth. Have you committed your life to the truth? Mm. Tragically, from the earliest days of the church history, churches have been overflowed with counterfeit, hypocritical professionals that Jesus is Lord. Do y'all hear this? This is just part one. I mean, it means total surrender. Everything. When you say Jesus is Lord, is he? Have you surrendered all? To serve him. That's what it means, to serve him. Listen, it's not lip service. It's what's in the heart. Come on, teacher. Amen. Ministers. Ain't gonna get me, y'all. I mean, I stay in trouble. It's all good, though. Amen. Amen. Come on, teacher. <sighs> y'all learn something? Amen. I hope you was blessed with the word. There's more coming. We didn't even get into the rest of. We're gonna get into the gifts and tongues and tongue versus prophecy. We're gonna get into the works of the gifts. This is where he is with Corinthians. Amen? Glory to God. If you don't know Christ, and you want to know Christ, this is time to come. You want to pray? You need repentance? This is the time to come. If you need understanding, want to just be a better Christian believer and you need somebody to agree with you 